Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of HP Critical, podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm sorry that you've missed us for so long, but we are back recording an episode and ready to go. And I'm here with Brandon. We're back! And Kelly. Hi, guys. And a Gabe that will eventually, hopefully, be here uh, when he gets off of work. It's really late. Um, so this podcast probably won't be too long because we're all a little tired um so let's just hop right into it and start by talking about the game awards because we did not record before or after um and i haven't seen you guys since the game awards even though we were talking about it a little bit so uh really quickly what were some of your favorite things that happened uh presentations if any or favorite games that won anything how you guys feel about the the presentation overall well, I'm actually shy. It, 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 it is a shame that we couldn't like get a recording because we all ended up like, I think, watching it at our own time. It's just circumstances didn't allow us to record. But nevertheless, I, I will say like Game Awards side, it was really cool talking to you guys via chat as things were happening. I know. Like, like I, I would like a lot of people are complaining about the Game Awards. And I got to be honest, like I, I, I'm sure it actually was really long. It didn't really feel it because we were like talking like during pretty much the entirety of it. So it felt like it was going quick. But as for to answer your question, as far as like what what things I like, um, I always appreciate like right before they actually announce the game of the war game of the year award, they have the orchestra that's just like doing a medley of all the six nominees. That's always my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm actually and even though I haven't personally played it myself yet, I think it takes two do, does deserve to does deserve this award. Honestly, there wasn't a game of those six that made me feel like ooh, I hope that one doesn't win. Like they all they all felt like very solid games. I'm happy Metroid Dread at least got one award. That was really nice. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a decent show overall. There was a, there were some highs and there was there was lows. It's just you know I watched it, saw awards, saw announcements, and but it's but it was like last week, so I'm like struggling to remember some of the specifics. So well, I mean, yeah, go on. I can tell you guys what won because uh, I was gonna go over it a little bit really quickly, which I probably should have oh, sure, done first, so we can talk about some of the some of the games that won, which includes it takes two for game of the year. Uh, Dream for Content Creator of the Year, Final Fantasy XIV for Ongoing Game, as well as Community uh, Management, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, yeah, Genshin definitely. Impact for Mobile Game, Elden Ring for Most Anticipated, It Takes Two for Multiplayer Game, um, Audio Design went to Forza Horizon 5, Best Narrative went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxies, Best Fighting Game was Guilty Gear Strive, Performance went to uh, Maggie Robertson for her portrayal of Lady Dimitrescu and Resident Evil Village. Best role-playing game was Tales of Arise. Um, esports player, I'm skipping. Uh, best art direction was Deathloop. Yes, I'm skipping it. I'm sorry. Um, esports game went to League of Legends. It was community support was uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, best okay. action game went to Returnal. Uh, best independent game went to Kena, Bridge of Spirits. Best action yeah. adventure title went to uh, Metroid Dread. Uh, best sports slash racing game also went to Forza, Forza Horizon 5. Um, best strategy game was Age of Empires 4. Uh, soundtrack uh, slash score went to Near Replicant. Games for Impact went to Life is Strange True Colors. Uh, best studio game direction went to Arcane Studios uh, and uh, Bethesda Softworks. And that's pretty much all the big stuff aside from um, Player's Voice, which went to Halo Infinite. And mm-hmm. debut indie game, which went to Kena Bridge of Spirits and uh, Innovation and Accessibility, which also went to Forza Horizon 5. So having recapped that, Kelly, is there anything that stood out to you? Anything that you appreciated during the awards or did not appreciate? 
Um, I appreciate most of it. Um, most of the games, if they won in categories um, that I didn't really know, I wasn't really rooting for a game in those categories. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely was happy about Lady Dimitrescu winning um, the best performance because like, obviously everyone was obsessed with her all year. If she didn't win, I would have been really shocked because um, everyone was, like I said, obsessed. Um, best ongoing and best community support were the Final Fantasy XIV. Um, definitely excited about that. I was like literally screaming. I don't know what I would have expected <laughs> to win, um, to be honest with you, because like Fortnite is just like, okay, you know? Um, and that was the only other thing I really can remember as a nominee. Um, so that I was excited about. Um, definitely It Takes Two deserved game of the year. I've only played like the first two like kind of chapters of it, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm playing with my boyfriend and it's really fun. Like it's so fun. And it's it's like engaging enough and not too hard, but like challenging. It's like not like I'm not getting mad. Like, okay, Cuphead. I'm getting mad. This <laughs> yeah. game like is just it's challenging enough, but it's not like so infuriating that you don't want to play anymore. Um, so yeah, that was definitely um the highlights for me. Um, what they announced though, I'm definitely looking forward to a lot. I mean, a lot of the games on this list. Um, Hellblade 2, um, Evil yeah, West looks, looks pretty so good. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, a couple of different things. Like, okay, I was really excited for Suicide Squad when they first kind of showed it because mm -hmm. the graphics looked so good in like that first little like cutscene. And then as I watched it more, I was like, it doesn't look as good as I kind of thought. Um, oh. Okay, can I, can but, I, before you continue, can okay. I piggyback off that real quick? Yeah. Just real quick. Because I kind of felt the same after seeing uh, Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Um, because yeah, I, I too was intrigued by it after that first trailer. And then they showed like gameplay of it and I was simultaneously more excited and less excited seeing it because it seems like aside from like some perks because of who they are, they seem like they're going to be playing mostly the same because they just all had guns and they were just like shooting things around them. And I was like, oh, I thought they'd be more individualized. This is kind of not as interesting. I mean, it could still be a lot of fun. I, I need to see more. But after coming out, it was like, ah, uh, King Shark with a gun. That's not quite what I envisioned for King Shark. Yeah. But yeah, that's just my thoughts. Continue. I'm sorry. No, um, I mean, I didn't really think about it like that. But like I said, just the initial like part that they showed, I was like, wow, this looks good. I even typed in the chat. I was like, this looks good. And then they showed gameplay. And I was like, I'm less excited now. Um, <laughs> but um, another one I totally missed, which I watched the trailer after, but the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, I wrote an article about it. Which you can check um, out at hpcritical.com. Yes, um, I'm really excited about that game. It's from the devs of Friday the 13th, the game, which I was a huge fan of, but obviously lawsuits happened and the game is pretty much dead. Um, but it's okay because now we have a new... Um, horror title i think it could even rival dead by daylight um because i always thought friday the 13th was as much fun you know um it just wasn't supported um uh, and way mm -hmm. less toxic although i did get pretty toxic playing the game uh there's other stuff but i feel like those are my highlights actually nightingale looks really good to me mm -hmm. and also that what was the other one steel rising with the mannequins okay mm -hmm. i'm i'm interested um we don't know much though we don't really know anything about them except for like the premiere and that's really it but they looked very good so 
I look forward to more information about these titles. You know, it's funny. I did not like Friday the 13th. I played it for a little bit. I feel like, yeah, it was fun with friends, but it really just wasn't a game that I could play with like randoms. No, I never played with randoms. I had like a squad of people that I'd play with. Must be nice. She's so popular. Well, I was popular. (laughs) I don't don't have friends now. I liked the proximity chat and stuff, especially with friends, like, because you could fuck with each other a lot. Um, So that was fun. But like, Dead by Daylight is so toxic. I would never play with randos with the chat, like ever, mm, never. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it did come at a, a really weird time, but I, yeah, I am excited to see what they do with a uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It sounds like it's going to be a good time. My standouts. Yeah, speaking of Lady Dimitrescu winning, um, the only other person that I think totally deserves that, uh, and it might just be because I'm, I might be the only person who played Life is Strange True Colors. Um, I forgot the actress's name, unfortunately, but she played Alex Chen. She does mm. such an amazing job in that game. Like, it, so, there's such subtlety that she uses, but it, it really conveys her emotions and that game is literally about emotions and she's able to convey her emotions through her performance which worked really really freaking well um and so that was the only one I was like dang it but of course you know it's a popularity contest and of of course everyone was obsessed uh, with Resident Evil 7 and Lady D at the time so you know definitely a big win Resident Evil 8 yeah it's oh shit sorry thanks Resident Evil 8. Welcome, Gabe. Gabe is here, guys. Hello, everybody. I don't know. I had to cover on my camera, so I guess that's why. But if it could turn on, that would be... Of course, Zoom not fucking responding. Dude, if I could... I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I just... I don't like Zoom. Me and Zoom don't get along. Uh, Bro, what were you saying about yeah, your so, game of the year? Yes. Um, so as mentioned, Game of the Year went to It Takes Two. I did play a little bit of it. I really did enjoy uh, what was there. Uh, and I'm going to move on and talk a little bit about Final Fantasy XIV because it did win Best Ongoing Game as well as Community Support. And speaking of ongoing game and community support, and no, I'm not just talking about it because I love it, um, but I will give you guys a very quick little aside I was playing today because I had a really, really crap day. I was playing today and um, there was a little Lalafell that was walking around whose name I don't remember. And he was just like circling me. So anyone who doesn't know, I'm a bunny boy, really tall. Lalafells <laughs> are literally the smallest race. They're like super cute, super tiny. Uh, think like little gnomes. And uh, he was like circling me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why is he circling me? So I, I like waved at him and I like bent over to pet him. And he whispered me and he was like, hey, do you want some, some sweets, some candy? And I was like, yeah, which is not weird because like you take candy from little people, like little mini lollipops. You don't take candy from strangers. So they were like, do you want some candy? I was like, yeah, sure. And then they like pulled out their little cooking set and they cooked me some healer candy. And they were like, I hope you enjoy it. And I was like, oh my God, you're so nice. And then we were like hugging and like cheering each other on. And then they like walked away and they're like, all right, I'm going to keep walking. Um, But if you need anything, let me know. And like, it was through whispers. And um, I know it seems really, really trivial, but I was having a really, really bad day. And so when that happened, I literally cried because it was just a really nice, thing you it's, know like it's the little things like just a, a, something just a little a small gesture like that can like j- change an entire day honestly it really did like they literally just stopped 
cooked for me and they're super cute like adorable i literally took a took a screenshot of them and you know i messaged them and i was like oh you really just changed my day with this shitty little cooking thing but like it was a really really your stupid shitty candy made me happy (laughs) made me me freaking cry damn it um and and i just love it you know i just love uh the community and i was also just there like i was just hanging out and a bunch of people are on our server from different servers today and okay this aside is getting too long so i'm gonna move on uh but speaking of uh, final fantasy 14 um today i think it was or yesterday uh the company did put out a little bit of uh information on what the plan was because anyone who has been playing since Endwalker knows that the queue times have been ridiculous people have been waiting hours just to get in this game and it's been really really hard to get a chance to get in the game and so square enix and yoshi p have um come together and explained what the process is and what they plan on doing to fix the issue so i want to talk about all of that first, since we're talking about Final Fantasy fourteen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a quick rundown of what was mentioned in the update from the producer and director Naoki Yoshida on the ongoing congestion and additional game time compensation and more. So the first thing that we know for anyone who doesn't know is that um, Square Enix was giving seven days of free game time to anyone who subscribed to the game. They've now gone on to say that they're giving an additional 14 free days of game time, making it a total of 21 free game time days, which is almost a whole month of free play for any players who are officially um, signed up and uh, paying to play the game. So that's going to be 21 days of free game time in total. They're suspending all advertisements of the game that, that are actually feasible to do because obviously there are some that they can't suspend, but they're suspending all advertisements of the game. They're just suspending deliveries of packages to retailers of the game. Um, free trial players who are, who well, anyone who was a free trial player are is going to be unable to log in outside of late night or early morning hours, which is crazy. And um, there temporarily suspend new registrations for the free trial so if you don't have one already good luck um active subscription players are going to be prioritized for logging in and they're temporarily suspending the sale and delivery of the final fantasy 14 starter edition and complete edition and uh, there's also going to be a roadmap for uh january 2022 uh, that is unfortunately taking a little bit longer due to COVID 19 but that roadmap is going to be talking about how they plan on adding servers to each region especially plans for a large-scale edition in north america and europe and they'll be looking at a number of servers infrastructure construction time power issues and server rack situation to see if they will be able to sequentially do it or if they can do all of this in one big push. So that is a huge list of things that they plan on doing for uh, the congestion and ability to people play Final Fantasy 14. The reason I wanted to talk about it is because I thought it was a pretty big deal. And I know that some people don't like Square Enix and they think that, you know, all they're doing is out there, out there to take your money. But I think because this one, you know, community management, et cetera, this is one of the reasons. And um, really, I wanted to know what you guys thought about a company that's willing to go to the lengths of remove advertisements for their game being too successful so that players can, uh, so that uh, players who are paying for the game are able to be able to play it. Like literally removing that, restricting game time for uh, free trial players to earlier late night hours and giving uh, the opportunity for regular players to be able to play while also on the back end figuring out how to fix the congestion issues. How do you guys feel about something like that? I mean, I'm glad to see they're doing something. I, 
I mean, whenever a new expansion comes out in an MMO, though, it's just like always like congested. I mean, people have to wait. Um, I can't believe they're suspending advertisements. That was probably the thing that surprised me the most. Like giving people free game time. Okay, they already were allowed to play the expansion up to level 60 through heaven's word. Like that's already, you're giving people a lot of free play time. So I don't feel like play time is something that's a huge deal, but- um, I totally like, disagree. Really? Yes. Oh, well, you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. They the playtime doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me it's nice that they gave it but if you already pay a subscription like i paid for 90 days at a time so it's like 21 days is not even like a quarter of what i pay you know um what i pay for but i mean i've paid for two of them because i've been playing the game for a few months um i don't know I think that suspending it and not letting free trial players log in it makes sense because if you're on the free trial you can't be above heaven's word so you're not even playing Endwalker. Like we know you want to play, but you're not even at the end game content. Um, I'm not either, but I pay. So um, <laughs> that's all I have to say. I, I forgot. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the only reason I said I disagree with you is because um, we're paying to play this content. And if we can't access the content that we're paying for, what are we paying for? You know what I mean? Um, and so that's why I think, because I know a lot of people who, for example, are literally, uh, there was a Saturday, last Saturday, actually, I could not log into the game at all. Just too much congestion, too many errors. I wasn't able to log in. And so for me, I'm paying for a product that I can't use. So free game time as compensation for that is a big deal to me. Um, I, I know for, for other people, you know, like it might not be, but I think it's, I think it's a decent deal for a lot of people to play, yeah. to pay a game and not be able to, to pay for a game and not be able to play it, right? So I think that um, that's why to me it is it is very significant uh, because that means you can, you know, after your 90 days are up, you still get almost a month of free game time before you have to, you know, resub, for example. Uh, and that, yeah. that, that can, that's an entire month where you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, well, almost an entire month where you can do whatever the fuck you want um, to try to make up for the time that you missed, um, that you were unable to play the game for. So I, I do think it's a big deal. Uh, but yeah, to me, it's crazy working with like retailers to pull the game off the shelves is such a big deal because what could have easily happened, right? is they could have just been like, yo, this game is making so much money. It's so popular. People can't log in. We'll work stuff on the back end, but we're going to leave the advertisements up. We're going to get people to continue to buy it and then just be fucked when they try to log in. Uh, because at the end of the day, they have so many people that are already subscribed, that are already logging in, that that bad experience is probably not going to hurt them too much on the top end. Um, and they can still make money from it. But instead... Mm -hmm instead of you know going the really greedy route it was like all right we're gonna we're gonna we know we have to do something so i, I don't want to give them too much credit because obviously they have to do something like this isn't this isn't a like they have no choice <laughs> like people literally mm -hmm. can't play the game they have no choice so obviously you have to do something but i do think it is the extra mile of giving additional game time of removing advertisements of putting restrictions on free trials that that are noteworthy i think and that's that's really just what i wanted to bring up brandon and gabe i know you guys don't play but i don't know if there's anything you wanted to add to before i move on no well i uh, just real quick it's not too much more but yeah i agree that their hands were kind of tied there um it, it it really does seem like you know what they're doing now was the logical thing to do but like you also brought up 
they they, they uh, even though it was the logical thing to do, they could have also just not and yeah. just continued to collect money <laughs> because a lot of companies in that position would have would have done that. They would have just kept selling the game and just made more money even though it wasn't working. But you know, I do think that it was. I I, I wonder how much of that decision was even Square Enix's. I mean, it was all they had to approve it, obviously. So obviously it was. About, but I'm wondering if they were even the one that posited it, or if it was like maybe even the developers of 14 itself, who we, we, at this point we, it's become, we've been pretty much become accustomed to the fact that 14's uh, developers are very friendly to their player base. So I almost wonder if they were the one that suggested, hey, we're not going to be able to get this working right now. Can we please stop selling this game for a little bit so we can fix this and not screw over new players and help working on our existing players? I just... I feel like it's more, they're more likely to have said that than Square Enix board being like, oh yeah, this hasn't worked. Let's stop making money, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's just, that, that's just the theory. I have no basis for that. Just than just the fact that 14 usually, players usually get taken care of. Man, pulling advertisements for your hugely popular game at the height of its popularity and having to work with other people to do so, that is mind-boggling to me. I would leave the fuck out of those ads. It's kind of unprecedented. I think it's unprecedented, but I also think, like, were they getting that many new players, like, because of Endwalker? Like, I thought most of the players would be people that had already finished the other expansions coming back. That's why the servers were overloaded. Like, it's is that, it new but, but people? Well, it, it is that, but every time an expansion comes out, new people come in because of FOMO. Like, they, like every new expansion, yeah. you'll get, like, a thou- uh, several thousand new players. You're like, oh, wow, these people are really talking about this new 14. Maybe I should get started. It happens every time. And if that just keeps getting higher, by the time we get to Endwalker, which is, in theory, where it's all supposed to end, I don't know if that's actually true or not, then mm-hmm, this is, is. People, people feel like, ooh, this is the ending of this big game. You mean the story has an ending? Oh, I need to get in now. So that's the best thing I'm thinking. It's also, you know, I'm playing, I think it's both, right? You have returning players who are like, hey, I'm gonna start playing again. There's a free trial that you can play for forever. Why not just join me? We can go back together. And now you have like returning players and new players, I think. Um, uh, The other thing I wanted to say about it is I was actually shocked that Final Fantasy XIV beat out Fortnite um, just because Fortnite had an amazing year, whether you like the game or not. Uh, you got you got Rick and Morty, you got Naruto, you got fucking uh, Morty. Uh, Morty. Uh, <laughs> Mandalorian. But it's just um, characters. Kratos. You know what I yeah, mean? But very true, but these are very... Po- like, we don't have a game where you have Kratos with the Halo Master Chief with Ariana Grande. Like that doesn't happen, and, and Spider Man yeah, with honestly, apparently really you good can web find, mechanics. You can find a lot of different people in Final Fantasy 14, so That's your true, arguments are valid find, there. That is you true. Can find Ariana Grande in Final Fantasy, so uh, but yeah, you can't. <laughs> it, it did surprise me because I think uh, you know, Fortnite is hugely popular, and it, they had a great year with all of these collaborations. Like, there's no lot, people went crazy for Naruto, like coming to. Fortnite and now Spider-Man's there and like it is it is the amalgamation of crossover um it, 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 I think the only competition is like Smash Ultimate uh, that's like the next level so it's it's a big ass game it's got a lot going for it and had a great year I'm a little surprised but happy that uh Final Fantasy 14 won uh and I'll move on to uh something that happened before the game awards that we didn't get to talk about uh but it was kind of mentioned in the game awards and so i know kelly and brandon you guys were watching i want your opinion on it um Mm -hmm. 
there was a situation where uh, before the Game Awards happened, uh, Jeff Keighley said that the Game Awards won't be taking a side on the Activision Fallout um, and that they would only be focusing on like reveals and the games, etc. And we know, having watched, that there was a, a comment at the very beginning of the show about um, being able to treat everyone properly and not accepting uh, any negativity within the industry. Um, but during that conversation, there were no call-outs, no, you know, names were named or anything. Um, and this was, of course, after the fallout of the announcement that the Game Awards would not take a side. Um, so I know we didn't get to talk about the Game Awards not taking a side, but I do want to know whether you guys feel like what was mentioned was good enough. Like, do you think that that was uh, specifically meant to happen towards the backlash of um, the the announcement prior? Do you think that the, it was enough? Do you think it wasn't enough? Do you like? Do you think it even mattered? How do you feel about that? And and Gabe too. I don't know if you saw it, but yeah, I was watching the whole thing. Yeah. So, how did you guys feel about the the uh, uh, the beginning of the show where Jeff Keighley made that statement about the game industry? I mean, I thought it was a very poignant statement. Like, I mean, I'm glad that he said something. And he had also, I think he had also been like posting on Reddit to like mm -hmm. ask people how they might approach like the subject, you know? Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, which I thought was very personable. Um, could have just been, you know, to be personable and not have people gut you uh, on Twitter. But um, I don't know. I think with something like this, a, I mean, Activision Blizzard is an absolute giant, like, and they're Activision Blizzard King now. So I think King is like Candy Crush. So they're like, just, I mean, the hugest, like who's bigger? Like, I can't even think of anyone that's bigger, uh, maybe EA or something, you know? Um, but like, I mean, it's, it's insane. Like calling out your biggest like company and gaming at the Game Awards might not be like the best move. I don't know. Uh, I don't work in PR so um, it's just I don't know I'm glad that they said something I don't know how I would have handled it at all uh, like I said like Activision Blizzard is giant um, what do you say like what do you what do you say you know and who knows like if they sponsored event like the only thing I'll say is that like nothing from Activision Blizzard won at all so that was yeah that's true uh, well, um, one of the board members, I believe it's a board member, is um, from Activision, is also a part of the Game Awards. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. And still they can't win. So, ugh. all right. Well, um, sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have people that are like kind of into everything. Like you don't want funding pulled for your Game Awards show, you know. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how I would have handled it. I, I'm kind of like torn because there's a lot of devs who rely on Activision Blizzard income um, and then their practices are also shitty. So like, do you want to support like devs that are just trying to make fucking games or do you just want to like not support them? Like I stopped playing WoW. I'm pretty much never going to start again because of this whole, you know, treating their employees badly and firing people when they said they wouldn't like, but I'm now my, the dev- milk. Yeah, stealing brush. Just I'm not even gonna talk about that on this podcast. Is it delicious? I don't know. Is it worth <laughs> it? Um, I. <laughs> but like the conditions against women were like insane. Yeah. But like, the women made money. Like, would my money for my World of Warcraft 
subscription be going to them like working there like i don't i don't know the devs have to eat too but like i don't want people to be treated bad i'm like kind of torn here i would just like to say that you all look so beautiful and i missed all of you we love you trying to switch the subject no 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 (laughs) no i was just looking at your beautiful faces i'm so sorry uh yeah brandon or gabe did you did you have any feelings about it yeah most of it is is I mean, Kelly said most of it, but I will say that I just want to put out there that I don't think that Jeff Keighley is a man with like ill intentions. I just want to make that pretty clear. Like, I definitely do not envy the position that he's been put in because he he even said like somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, that he owns the Game Awards 100%. But of course, you know, owning it doesn't mean you have every decision because at the end of the day, like Kelly said, it still has to get funded. Mm-hmm. So you may have like all the say in the world, like creative wise, but if you still step on the wrong toe, then you could lose, then your, your game award suddenly isn't as big as you would aspire to be. And he's mm-hmm. always wanted it just to be like the biggest show it possibly could be to, uh, you know, celebrate the game industry and show what's coming up in the future as well. And I think him even going to like Reddit to like ask what, what do I do here is, is pointed because not only one, yeah, I also wouldn't know what to do in that situation. And two, he, he probably wants as much advice as possible from the people itself of what the correct solution here would be in this situation. How do we keep this show to be as the best as it can be without also it just, uh, you know, also using your platform for good without it also being a platform. Like you can make a really good message on your platform and then the next year not have a platform at all or it be significantly smaller. And that's... That's a that's a heavy burden on anyone to like to like think about honestly. Uh, frankly, you know, I know a lot of people would have preferred that he name dropped. I know I would have also preferred if he had name dropped them in this situation. But I, just quite frankly, given his uh, unenviable circumstances, I think he made the best move that he possibly could, uh, showing showing support to those who have been wronged, while you know also not. You know, we're not, we're not saying names. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it ha- that it wasn't like a complete uh, move toward uh, with the people that, that that needed the message. But it was better than nothing, and at least he'll still have a platform in which he can still, you know, potentially do more positive message in the future, and you know, continue to make the game awards uh, the celebration that people want it to be. I guess. You know, what he should have done. Hmm. He should have just had Joseph Ferris go up and say it. I was just saying, you know what? Sure. Yeah, you're like, hey, just go make a just go make a statement on like Activision. Just, 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 just so, yeah, see hey, what fuck happens. Active Black <laughs> Fuck Activision. Fuck Activision. Fuck you. Just, just have him do it. Also, and then it's him. He could just completely like. Yeah, he'd be like, I didn't say anything. He said it. Oh, but he want to do that. Like Joseph Ferris at this point has become kind of like his buddy. He's had ever since that initial <laughs> that initial fuck the Oscars thing. He's had him in every single game awards in some kind of. Um, position where he could spike. This would have been the only exception, but then it takes two one, so we got a platform anyway. <laughs> so it's like the only thing I will say about him that I disagree with is when he said go get children or have children. Don't do it. You can't <laughs> what do you say if you don't have children, go get one. Like, like don't do it. Get one. I've agreed with everything he said, but that last one, just please don't don't just go get a child. Like it's not 
He's How? having a great time because he's got Wow, Yosef Ferris, winner of the It Takes Two Game Award. You told me <laughs> like, I should go get children. Maybe right? I should go, like, go get children. Is it going to be the next baby boom <laughs> happening? Like... Exactly. <laughs> Yosef Ferris called right the next now. baby boom. <laughs> message him on Twitter and be like, I can't afford this. Why'd you make me do I can't this? afford this what? baby boom. Imagine, imagine, imagine. You know what the funny thing about it him saying two, to go? What, the funny thing about him mentioning, like, it, you know, go get a kid <laughs> is that It Takes Two's whole premise is happens because of a kid like everything that's fucked true. up happens because of the kid because of the kid we're yeah. getting divorced because of our kid like no that's oh, literally man. that's literally yeah. what the game the plot is of the game, yeah. just okay. just, just imagine just imagine a kid's history book in 2050 where they read the 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 second baby boom was caused by <laughs> the game wars 2021 you don't have a kid go get one like yeah no, that's just what right. that is a quote in the history book and you're just like <laughs> what the he has the most adorable picture of him and his kid on Twitter. I don't know if you guys he saw does. this. He does. I've seen the picture. Cute. It's, it's really cute. It's super cute. cute. But also just don't. Like, don't just, just don't do that. Like, <laughs> don't, don't listen I'm to not, everything. If you, I mean, maybe if you, if you, are, if you are, it takes oh, too money. I mean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's clearly. true. If you got it takes too money, then do whatever. But no, no, no. If you, if you weren't already in your heart thinking about getting a kid, don't, don't get one because Joseph Ferris told you to. That's all I'm going to say. It's like, where did you get this kid from? Like, it's just like, like what? Okay. Anyway, uh, Gabe, did you have anything quickly to say about uh, that debacle? Yeah, I think he did the right thing and not name dropping, contrary to what everyone else has been saying. Because, really, based off of what Twitter was after the game awards, people still would have found something to bitch and moan about. They would have been like, oh, he didn't mention sure. Ubisoft. He didn't mention so and so. So yeah, I think him making yeah, the general you know the general you're station right. was the yep, move to go yep. because yep, you're right. It's not, mm-hmm. again, it's not just Activision and Blizzard. They were the sure. ones that were, they're the forefront of it, but it's not just them. It's, you know, a lot of the gaming companies, Riot, Ubisoft. So I think the generalization of it was it was the right move. Sure. That's fair. Sounds very good to me. Um, anything else before we move on? I really like your uh, Judge Judy pillow. Sorry. I've been meaning to say it <laughs> since I got into the podcast, but that <laughs> pillow is so funny and it's so good. Uh, yes, anyone who knows me knows that I watch Judge Judy every day because it's the best show on television. And that was a birthday present from my wife. So thank you, Marissa. That's so cool. Um, I know, yeah, Marissa, right? wish you were here. <laughs> I know. I told her that earlier. Uh, unfortunately, she couldn't be here. But yeah, let's move on. All right, so moving on. Keanu Reeves says he thinks it's nice that people attempted to mod Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077 so that they could have sex with this character. That's from IGN. Anybody want to? Jumping on that one, I know I would like to. Yeah, well, I thought <laughs> I thought that they took it out because, like, he would be offended, and he thinks it's great. So put it back in. <laughs> right, you might as well. Yeah, put it back he's in. cool. He's cool, with it. It. He's cool with it. Put it back he's in. He's cool you know with I mean. people using his likeness like that. So put it back in. You know what? Yeah, that's what she said. She said. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so you know something that um uh Kelly's not cool with? The pink and purple colors of the new PS5 console covers. <laughs> she thinks I'm look cool tacky. with them. They're tacky. Listen, they're tacky to me, but like if I had like a pink setup and like the pink PlayStation, like okay, but like pink. Like it's so like it's like bubblegum pink. Like why is it so bright? 
what's so funny is that i was literally talking to my what year is this my right i was talking to my friend and i was like i kind of want the pink or purple one and then kelly goes in chat and she's like the pink and purple are so tacky and i was like i don't even want one anymore but like, like okay your life. headset jarell you know how it's like it's i have pink. a bunch of pink stuff yeah you but can't it's see like, it, but i have a bunch of pink stuff but it's like light pink millennial mm-hmm. pink not yeah, yeah, like yeah. pink i yeah. hate that it's yeah. so tacky to me i actually had a problem with the blue that they chose because who has that type of blue in their setup ever uh, at that, all? that like, light blue yeah that candy one. very yeah. weird like i need like, a dark blue like what is this like, like it looks I, nice but like i don't know the light blue is like cotton candy it looks a little weird just i just wish fit. I just don't know why they chose those colors. Like yeah. if they had every other color, like um the the Legos with all the colors, like the rainbow and then the light blue and pink and stuff, like mm-hmm. I get that. There's like a color theme. I guess mm-hmm. galaxy is the theme. I like yeah, what I would galaxy. like a like a gold or something, even like just because oh. but like I you want know, the, iPad air colors, honestly. No, you see that's For that's me, what I was about to say. Darker. I feel like I feel like that whole gold and those sleek colors, it's all done. Apple's all done. But I just feel like, okay, the background when you open the PlayStation 5 is like gold and like shiny. Like, give me that. Like, okay. I, you know, what do you mean? When you first open it, it's like shiny. The, but when like you're on the sparkles, screen, yeah, like yeah. picking your profile, not when you like start it up. It's like yeah. once in a PlayStation 5 lifetime though. That is not true. It literally happens every time I turn mine on. Do you my turn mine on, it gives my yeah, but I mean, I get the black screen, then I get the PS button. The PS oh, because it probably goes directly to your well, even no, the then PS it goes, button. then it goes where I choose the where I choose my but then you see the it. account. <laughs> it's blue for me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. My shit's okay. blue. Well, it doesn't matter. What does matter is that matter. the PlayStation out. covers are coming in five different colors, which are purple, pink, blue, uh, cosmic red, and black, which are these uh, galaxy-style colors. All these colors are also coming with uh, DualSense controllers that match. Um, I will be getting the black one. I've already pre-ordered it just because my white one is actually scuffed, and you can totally see the scratches on it because I travel with my PS5 a little bit. Yeah, so there's, like, scratches oh. on it, so I've already pre-ordered the black one. Are you guys planning on getting it getting one and I, have a black, I kind of have a black controller so i probably get the black i also have this black for anyone watching i have this black pink controller Ooh. which is why i was like oh maybe i'll get the pink but this is like a nice cotton candy pink that matches my headphones not that tacky pink that playstation chose magenta um so let's talk less about PlayStation and more about other gaming news that happened this <laughs> week. Uh, a new Black for Blood <laughs> update released today or yesterday. I don't know when this happened. Um, <laughs> added an offline, ca- yesterday I think, added an offline campaign with progression to the game. I said fucking finally because I don't want to always play online. And then Gabe told me, you say that like you're going to play the game. So that's all I have to say on that one. Does anybody else want to add anything? that's that's it's not a game i'm gonna play without friends yeah after playing with you guys there's no way i'm playing that game solo exactly that's like it's it's us four or or nothing yeah so also by saying that the last time i touched that game was when we played that game yeah me too. which was over a month ago (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Who, who knew it was really hard to play and do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> we found out the hard way. <laughs> so consumer, consumers continue to show a significant preference for PS5 over Xbox Series X S, says DFC Intelligence. Not surprising. Um, I won't go into this unless somebody else does. I'm, I plan on moving on. 
No, yeah. all right. So uh, Microsoft acknowledges its missteps in handling uh, uh, in its handling of Lionhead Studios, the creators of Fable. Uh, this is over at Eurogamer.net. Um, uh, Lionhead was co-founded in 1997. Uh, blah blah blah. One of the biggest missteps that we learned this is a quote from in the past was Lionhead. Uh, we acquired Lionhead in 2006 and shut it down in 2016. Um, a couple of years later, we reflected back on that experience. What did we learn and how do we not repeat our same mistake? You acquire a studio for what they're great at now, and your job is to help them accelerate how they do what they do, not them accelerate what you do, said Phil mm. Spencer, head of Xbox. Um, so I haven't played a Fable game ever, um, so I, I'm not really connected to this, but I think that quote's pretty telling, and I think it's it's kind of what Microsoft is doing now, and also PlayStation, right? They're hiring these studios mm-hmm. and encouraging them to do what they do best as opposed to uh, uh, trying to steer them in, in a different direction. So any thoughts on that one? It sounds like someone's hungry for exclusives. Yeah, for sure. For sure, but really, yeah, like they're they're like you said, they're both doing both Xbox and PlayStation are doing this, and I think it's the way to go because we have seen a lot of company. We're still seeing that today, honestly. Companies getting acquired, and it says, "Ha ha, extra manpower, do this thing we want you to do." But we were looking, and ah, you don't do that anymore. You do this now. <laughs> I think it's what happened, like with Toys for Bob, like they were doing like the Crash games. They got a reason acquires, like, ha ha, help us make more Call of Duty money and stuff like that it's it's uh it's 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 unfortunate that there's that's still happening today but i'm glad it's happening a lot less um i have played at least the first fable a good amount of it um but the question uh this this thing with Lionhead, um was this after they had already made fable like i'm trying to figure out like what the timeline here is like were they forced to make fable or i know nothing about fable Okay, because <laughs> like, it's, it, it felt like Fable was a, well. All I'm saying is that like Fable felt like it was a game made out of like love. Like there's there there really was no other game like it when it came out. Um, so it does feel like something they actually wanted to make, and it feels like they kept doing that for a while. But again, Lionhead is gone now, and I, another studio is doing the new Fable game, which we've seen nothing except for that teaser. So there's that, I guess. But uh, not much else to say. I think is uh, I think it's glad good that he said that. <laughs> I think it's good that he said that too because like you might as well at this point. Um, so did you guys hear about uh, the situation with Bungie? Uh, no, that is so much detail. All right. oh, yeah. So I'm not going to give you lots of detail because this is uh, less than a two hour podcast, but I will tell you this quote from IGN, which is they have an extensive report on Bungie's work culture, which spanned a long history of sexism, voice club culture, crunch and HR protection of abusers over more than a decade. Um, Bungie also has recent efforts to turn that culture around, including quietly removing a number of harmful individuals from the company in the last few years. Uh, that is a quote from IGN.com's article titled Bungie's head of HR has stepped down, which I actually want to talk about. Um, HR Gail DeHaan is stepping down from her role at the company after more than 14 years effective on December 15th, which was yesterday, um, which IGN learned. Uh, she will. She said that, I know that they need to be trusted to be your advocates, not labeled as enablers or seen as a company whose resources, um, company resources who provide bad actors with safe harbor. 
she's officially stepping out of her official role as senior employee relations manager. Um, it's not whether it's not clear whether or not she will remain with the company. In her email, she states that she will work with Holly, which is the chief people officer and the leadership team at Bungie to determine what the appropriate next steps are. Um, she mentioned that her time at Bungie had including working through deeply challenging interpersonal conflicts, including termination of employees for performance, bad behavior, and for discrimination, racism, and sexual harassment. She added mm -hmm. that this included reporting her own abuser, a man, an executive, and someone I thought was my friend at Bungie, which resulted in Bungie firing him. She concluded in her email, I am proud of the work I did at this company. I believe I made recommendations that were in the best interest of our people and in the service of the company we wish to become. I also believe we made some mistakes and that to become the better version of ourselves, the company I know we can be, we have to acknowledge and confront them in good faith and grow together. Um, you know, I'm not going to go too much into this. I just wanted to say this is so interesting that it is such a juxtaposition of like what happened at Activision Blizzard versus what's happening or what has mm -hmm. happened at Bungie. Uh, Bungie, uh, according to what we know, has quietly handled and fired everyone who's been an issue. Whereas mm -hmm. um, from what we know about Activision Blizzard, those people that have been issues have been protected. And uh, it's just crazy to see. Um, obviously, there are a lot of things happening everywhere. Um, so I I'm not going to like, I don't want to target these two but these are two are the two that we probably know the most about um so i just think it's so interesting how these two different companies are handling this um and the fact that she stepped down while also having to report her own abuser which is obviously going to be something that's super hard uh, i would assume mm -hmm. I, I you know i don't have the experience um to talk about something like that but it's wild out there everybody be safe be kind to one another etc cetera, etc cetera. um i don't know if you guys have anything to say about that before i move on not 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 really well actually no I, I i will say i will say this it's it's like it, like you said it is completely <laughs> in many ways night and day from what activision blizzard is doing like this this feels like an actual apology because an actual apology is acknowledging when you've done wrong and then showing how you're going to fix it in my opinion so this is pretty much the opposite of activision blizzard because they were denying 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 for mm -hmm. the longest until they literally legally couldn't or it was too obvious that it would have been just foolish to keep the the charade going and now because their backs against the wall and it's starting to hurt them bottom line ever so slightly is when they're starting to like really make the moves that they should have made eons ago quite frankly whereas Bungie, uh you know it's been a, a lot of work behind the scenes but you know by the time they're already making this apology already been put in to try to get things back to normal which i think is important it's you've literally shown that work is going in before you even said anything i think this is a perfect thing to shut up those people that are like all these allegations are going to make the games worse no bungie's had as far as I, this is going to sound bad but i don't pay attention to bungie that much they've had two very successful games over the past couple of years destiny and destiny 2 and we didn't know this stuff was going on and guess what we love well i'm like i'm saying we as a general statement i don't know about the other three here but we love those games those games were exciting but guess what we didn't know people were getting fired for being racist we didn't know people were getting fired for harassing a co-worker so that whole thing of this stuff is gonna damage the way i play my game no it's not 
if a company acts the way they're supposed to act, everything is going to continue going on smoothly in a way. Mm-hmm. Hard agree. I, yeah. I did love Destiny. You, you can't pause like that. You make me think you're going to like just disagree and put my <laughs> no, life apart. No. Oh my God. No, no, no. I completely agree. You know, I think like, that... it's going to be like, you know, I know I had to do it to him. <laughs> No. hard disagree i think you're <laughs> stupid first of all never <laughs> never i think it's great that they're able to handle this and they have you know actual repercussions for issues uh, as far as we know mm-hmm. um you know that's that's something for another time though um what's for right now is this article over at, another article at eurogamer.net titled roblox accused of being an unsafe environment for children everybody knows that roblox is for children so before i get into this i saw and i don't know if you guys saw this but i saw an article that was and i, I i'm not going to say where it was from mostly because I just don't remember where it was from, but uh, <laughs> it's an article that was like, it, it was something to the effect of like where to find all the adult content in, in Roblox. And uh, there was some discourse over uh, this article because basically people were saying you shouldn't publish articles like this because Roblox is essentially targeted almost 100% at children um, and articles like that are just more harmful to the game than they are good. Also, why are you looking for this type of stuff on Roblox? Um, so real quick, what do y'all feel about an article like that? I mean, yeah, you should not be publishing something <laughs> like that. It's a kid's yeah. game. <laughs> that that game's more popular with kids than Fortnite is. And that says something because kids love Fortnite. It's like, what are you doing with your life that you know this information, first of all? And how are you? I didn't even this? know this stuff was. Yeah, I didn't know that was the like... thing in Roblox. So let me also say that uh, I'm going to read this quote here. Uh, uh, according to the most recent financial reports, year on year, its revenue has increased by 102% to $509.3 million for Roblox. Like, Roblox is rolling in the blocks. <laughs> guys come on it's rolling in the blocks come on thank you brandon like but it's also an audio visual experience so everyone who's listening doesn't know that you agree with me you know what i am just gonna (laughs) bro why y'all did me like this like i don't understand all right whatever whatever okay I'm a, uh, anyway robots is accused of being an unsafe environment for children a new people make games video highlights this issue um at people make games is a is a youtube channel where they discuss different things uh and so i'm gonna read a quote from here back in 2017 robux closed its official roblox forum not the developer forum as the structure at the time does not allow us to maintain the high standards that we feel are so important for nurturing a constructive and positive environment it's commonly believed this is partly due to uh posted links to an illegal child sexual abuse site Uh, This means many Roblox developer communities have moved to external platforms like social media and Discord, which may be unsafe for children and are not regulated at all by Roblox. The People Makes Games video even includes interviews with a child developer who was the victim of abuse. The developer accused seemingly still has has his games monetized on the platform, despite Roblox stating to People Make Games that developers removed from our platform for policy violations also lose access to monetizing. Uh, A further story in the video claims that Roblox collective market works like gambling. 
You don't want your kids gambling. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the draws of the game is dressing up your character in virtual outfits, often sponsored by brands and celebrities. Many of these are sold in limited numbers for a limited time. These cosmetics can be bought from other Roblox users using the Roblox, Robux virtual currency, often for extortionate prices depending on demand. Roblox initially sells them for the equivalent of five to ten dollars, but prices can raise to fifteen thousand dollars in U.S. money. So that's that's what we're looking at when we talk about Roblox. Um, mm-hmm. Roblox reportedly takes a thirty percent cut of all sales. <coughs> excuse me, meaning the company has plenty to gain. What's more, the store page includes a graph of price changes, acting like a stock market. There's no upper limit on how much users can spend. Around half of the users on the platform are age twelve and under. So. Roblox says 30%. Most of the users are 12 and under. There is no limit for how much you can spend. People are on there trading up to $15,000 worth of stuff, and Roblox is getting a lot of money. What's the situation? How are we feeling about it? Okay? Not okay? Don't care because you don't care about Roblox? You don't care because fuck them kids? How are you feeling? I mean, Those I don't last have kids Those last play Roblox. Roblox. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, do kids deserve to exist on the internet? Not really. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you mean to say what you said? What do you mean? You said, do kids deserve to exist on the internet? Not really. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> the thing is, like, kids Damn, Kelly. on internet, like, platforms have to be monitored. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like I'm an adult I'm allowed to do what I want on the internet that could be something bad like I don't know I just I don't really know why we're talking about this like I don't understand what the point of this story is so essentially they're saying that Roblox is not stopping these things from happening by protecting the more than half children child player base that they have they're allowing these things to go on what are these things? Um, everything that I mentioned, which is going to include uh, okay. not having a stopgap on the amount of money that's being spent, children that are being essentially uh, sexually harassed or harassed on on um, Roblox because they remove the forums. Uh, so anything that's outside of the forum on Roblox, Roblox does not um, monitor Dang to them. Oh. So like, because shouldn't they be not, using Roblox? Why would a child be on Discord? It's not meant for children. Because they shut down the Roblox forums. So the kids aren't allowed to be on the Roblox forums anymore. So then they have to outsource onto things like Discord. But then that puts them in danger because they're no longer protected by the Roblox forum. Mm. Okay, but I thought they could still, I thought you said they could still talk in game. Um, they can, but there are certain things like people who, uh, one of the things that I mentioned was like one of the pre- people who were uh, caught in like a harassment issue, they're not supposed to be able to monetize their content, and yet Roblox is still allowing them to monetize their content, seemingly probably because they're still getting 30% off of whatever that person is making. So essentially, this game for kids is not protecting kids is the whole point of, of the, the video and the article. Does that make more sense? Yes. And so I, I, 
I'm asking, I guess my question for you guys is, do you think it's Roblox's responsibility to do things like open back the forums up, make sure that the, the, their, their game is not posting adult content and links, et cetera? Or is it, you know, like you mentioned, up to the parents or like, is there nothing they can do? Are they out just for money? Like, what do you think? I think that the harassment is an issue that I would take the most seriously, but everything else, I mean, if your kid's going to be on an online game, you have to monitor them. Like the game is only responsible for so much. Like they can only hold so much liability. The money thing, you have to set up passwords. I mean, seriously, kids spend on the Apple store all the fucking time, like a lot Mm -hmm. of money. Like, I guess eventually it would throw up a red flag to Apple um, on Roblox, $15,000. If my kids spent $15,000, I wouldn't have a kid anymore, you know? <laughs> Joseph Ferris, he said, "Go get out of a kid." I'd be like, "Kid for sale." <laughs> also fair. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, like, I'm glad that kids have something to do and like play a game online and stuff. But like, they don't, like, they're not paying for it. They're not like paying for this service. Are like, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I think that. Everyone on this podcast agrees that nope. it's not what I think it is Roblox's job to monitor that because their rating is E10. You need to make sure your game stays rated E10 for everybody because that's the ESRB but isn't rating it a you're game putting. where everyone makes their own games though. Yes. And so since you brought that up, actually, I do want to interrupt really quickly. Um that also means that children can be, and this is a quote from the article, that means that children could be working for another company outside of Roblox dealing in entirely unsafe practices without contracts. So essentially what also happens is that these kids are being outsourced uh, by another person or company making games because they're good at it. That person is making money off of it. And Isn't then those labor? kids are just, yes. Yeah. So like these children are literally- That, that you know, entire sentence sounds being sinister. Extorted. Like that, that's also another issue with the, with the, with the platform. Sorry, go ahead. I don't want to continue. <laughs> I, I meant Gabe. Okay. <laughs> no, I was done. I was just saying it's their job because their game rating is E10. And I mean, you make it, you make an online environment, you need to keep it clean. But I mean, I guess child labor is a part of this, so I don't really have anything else to say. Hey, it also says that sometimes these these uh these companies are run by children themselves so what's gonna happen is that kelly's gonna have a kid and her kid is going to just like make all the other kids like work for them this is actually not funny yes my kid will be the king my kid will be the king kid all right king kid i like it all right sorry queen queen. be like you be the the head kid or else i'm giving you to joseph ferris darn it make me money or get out of my house if you want to go to Yosef Ferris. Honestly, it'll just be my luck that if I ever have kids, they won't like video games. Because I do. I I can only imagine. They're going to just hate everything I like. Fair exactly how I did to my parents. Everything they like, I hate. <laughs> it all comes back to you. Um, all right. So I have one last topic to talk about once I find it because I've lost it. Oh, no. Um, it's about one of my most anticipated titles, which is... Um, Forspoken, which they did show a new trailer for at the Game Awards. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But give me one second, because I had the article up that I wanted to talk about, and now I can't find it. So while I look for this article, what have you guys been playing, if anything? Oh, just mostly Final Fantasy XII and Pokemon Shining Pearl. That's pretty much been my rotation the last uh, week or two. 
my rotation's been Pokemon. I don't remember if I have Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl. I have one of the two. Um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Nice. Chivalry 2, because they had their free weekend. Uh, and I was playing on PC with my friends. Game is fucking great. And there's one more game. Oh, and no. I don't remember the other game. Oh, Battlefield 2042. I want to play yeah, I tried playing Battlefield 2042 on my PC and it just refuses. So Did you do I don't that? know. You, was that yesterday? Yeah. Was it boot? Like, were you getting to the title screen? Yeah, I was getting yeah, in the, ser- the game. The servers were down. I was getting into the game though and just was like chopping. Okay, I'll try again. But I was playing um because that didn't work. I played Halo last night, Halo Infinite multiplayer. That was pretty fun. It's pretty legit. And then I've also been playing Final Fantasy 14. Although I can't progress past this one dungeon because I don't know. I'm just like the other day I was playing. I was obviously I'm a white mage. So um, I was playing and this tank kept like pulling these huge pulls and we kept just wiping. And I'm like, dude, change what you're doing. Like, I can't do it. Like they, they had these huge AOE attacks and stuff. Like I could not. And I, I don't know, whatever. I just quit the dungeon and I have not played again. So, oh no you should have told me we could have helped you i need help because i i don't know i was getting so mad like i don't know like how are you gonna let your team die and then just keep doing i guess because the healer has to adapt that's what it is i i not don't at all not at all you just had a bad tank it was so annoying like i've never been in a dungeon like that where it's like all these aoe attacks like i couldn't even catch up and heal because when you're a healer you can't move and heal like, I can't run and also heal you. I have to stop to literally cast the heal. Like, whatever. But Elder so nice. Scrolls Online is better because you can heal and move. Well, technically, the Sage can heal and move. I know. because I Yeah, just I mean, it's I'm just I play a white mage. White mage, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, white mage can't do it. <clears throat> so I did find the article. There are a couple of articles about oh, this. Oh, that's right. <laughs> what? I forgot this is what we were waiting for. Oh, yes. Yes, I found it. There are a couple. Of, a couple. I'm going to go with the Kotaku one by Isaiah Colbert titled During a Preview for Spoken Devs Described Their Black Pro-Tag in Cringe-Inducing Ways. Black folks were surprisingly absent during the Forspoken hands-off event. I don't know. I feel like I read that in a weird way, so I apologize if it I... came out really weird. Okay. Did it? I don't know. Did it come out weird? I don't think so. All right, cool. Then never mind. I'm going to continue. So... There was a there was a first spoken preview event that a couple of people went to. Also, our wonderful friend Grayson was at this event and he did have an article over at Game Rants about his experience. So you can totally read that as well. Shout out to Grayson. Oh, yeah. um, which if you want to find, I retweeted it. So you could just go to my Twitter or you could just go to his Twitter at Grayson Morales. Morales. Yeah, this is that. Thank you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about this, and this will be the last topic, and then you guys can go sleep like I would like to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to read you guys some quotes for this. They did talk about, we're not going to talk about all of it. They talked about the magic system. They talked about the combat. Uh, they talked about how the game is going to work. They talked a little bit about the character, and that's what we're going to pick up. Um, okay. Wait, where is it? I'm just so unprepared for this. And I just had this too. Ah, okay. Here it is. So this is a quote from the article. While Forspoken didn't appear to be reinventing the wheel when it came to its magic open world, the leading actress, Ella Belinska, still stood out to me. Square Enix said its decision was obvious given its desire to have a strong female lead as its protagonist. 
Uh, quote, we wanted our hero and other characters in Forspoken to be reflective of our diverse audiences and relatable to our players, Square Enix said. We decided to model Frey after casting actress Ella Belinska as we felt she embodied our envisioning of Frey perfectly. While meeting the lead writers behind Forspoken was meant to curb any fears I had with how its protagonist was going to be handled, it ended up sparking more unease than I initially had about the game. At one point in the pre-recorded Get to Know the Writers section, I learned that Forspoken has been in development since 2018 with Telltale Games' The Walking Dead writer Gary Witta and Uncharted's head writer and creative director Amy Henning laying down the groundwork for the game's world concept and narrative while it was in pre-production. Uh, I'm going to skip a little bit forward. Uh, here we are. While all of the high-profile names were all well and good, especially for their previous association in crafting AAA games, last I checked, none of them were Black people. Question marks rapidly started to fire off in my head about the game's handling of Frey, which were only festered by how its writers went about describing working with Belinska. Wow. Uh, my newfound fears weren't helped when Reimer and Stashwick described Frey's origin story, which came off as a tired amalgamation of Black stereotypes. Those stereotypes include her being very angry, her having fallen through the cracks of society, and being on the verge of prison before being teleported to Athia. The cherry on top of my newfound dread was motion capture and voice director Tom Keegan describing Belinska's mannerisms during her motion cap performance as having a very hip-hoppy kind of walk. Um, I wasn't the only journalist to find Keegan's awkward remark and the lack of Black writers shown in our previews as harrowing. Um, when Axios' Steven Totillo asked if there were any Black developers or consultants involved with Forspoken in Square Enix video chat, he didn't receive an answer during our preview. Uh, later on, he received an FAQ sheet that rounded up our media questions. Sadly, uh, its answer came off as a canned response that leaned heavily on the hands-off preview where Balenciaga's passionate feedback through her motion capture process regarded as invaluable feedback for the team. So essentially what they're saying is they don't have any Black writers. They described her her walk as hippity-hoppity, and they said that some of the this person and some other people there felt as if the... Um, the the character was relying on black stereotypes however there were not very many black people at the preview event uh and i know y'all aren't black so i'm not gonna you know make this real weird for you or anything uh luminous productions is making this by the way the the you know the company that also did final fantasy 15 um <clears throat> apparently square enix said that they consulted Ella Belinska. Uh, essentially, they're saying they consulted Ella Belinska in, you know, performance capture when creating this character. I've seen the character. I've loved what I've seen. I am just me. I don't represent all Black people. Um, I, I was not at the preview event, obviously, um, but I don't think... So, first of all, Janina Gavankar is in this, and I love her. Um, yes. As well as a bunch of other uh, POC actresses from what we've seen in uh, the previews. There are like a bunch of uh, POC women in this game so far. Um, and uh, I think the biggest issue that people seem to have is that there are no Black writers or consultants featured prominently during the preview and possibly not in the game. And the description of her walk as being hip hoppity or hip hoppy can come off as really negative so I guess I'll start with just asking you guys um do you think it's bad or negative to describe a black person's walk as hip hoppy hip hoppity what does that mean yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's supposed to me is that like the new way of saying <laughs> pimp walk even better what do you think it means yeah that's the thing like what the, yeah the, the, the fact the fact that the fact that we don't know what it means 
I think means that they don't even really understand what they're upset about. And I think like, that's important distinction. Wait, did um, they just throw the word hip hop in there and just call the walk like whatever she was doing bad? That's how they described it. I'm assuming yeah. so. And so I think that I, I okay, so I will say that if I was there and I saw some white people describe her walk as hip hoppity, I would probably be like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. What you mean by that? like what you trying like to if they mean if they mean that she walks like she like has like a skip in her walk then just say she has a skip in her skip. walk yeah. <laughs> yeah. walks like a rabbit or something like is yeah. hip hop is supposed to be like what's up? What's up? you know like the, like the 50 cent thing when he's when he does his music videos so he, he goes back is that what it is is that yeah i'm watching can you tell me does this look hip hop <laughs> i mean i'm a little white but um, <laughs> I, I don't. Does the hood help? If I put the hood up, is that gonna? Okay. Well, now this is getting into racist it just, territory. It, yeah. Oh my god. This is like yeah. I feel like hip hopity. Like, if they are such good writers, and these are like the writers, why can't you describe the way someone walks? Like, why can't you give a better description than that? Because, like yeah. I said, none of us can picture what the fuck they mean. So oh. clearly it's not a good description. So there was an update to this article that says the hip hoppy walk comment was mistakenly attributed to a writer and not motion capture and voiceover director Tom Keegan, who actually made the comment. So it wasn't one of the writers. It was actually the motion capture and voiceover director that made the comment. Okay. So apparently while he was directing her, he said, or, or I guess after directing her during the during the uh, interview process, he's, during the panel, he oh. said that the oh. walk so. was hip hoppy. Maybe they didn't mean to say hip hop. Maybe they meant hippity hoppity, which apparently is a real thing. And it means yeah, I've heard of. It means to walk, jump, skip, etc., with an uneven or hopping step or gait. So maybe mm-hmm. they meant hip. Well, then how come how come how do you get hip hoppity when it was a black girl walking? That's what I'm saying. That's why I, we need clarification over here because hippity hoppity is close to hip hoppity, but still, I mean, there's a hip, hippity at the end of the hip, so. Are you gonna miss uh, anyway, uh, essentially, aside from the hip hop walk thing, um, uh, uh, people seem to be very upset that there are no black uh, uh, writers on the team to discuss uh, some of the situations that Frey goes through. Uh, Square Enix apparently said that they spoke to Ella Blinska during her performance to help with that. Um, do you think? Do you guys think that that's enough? Uh, do you think they should have hired more? Well, obviously they should have, so that's probably a really bad question. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the answer is yes, they should have. But that being said, she's the she's the character in question, and if she's playing the role authentic to um, her and her character, then I think it'll at least still then I think it'll at least be still be a good performance without it coming like off. That's my hope, anyway. <laughs> Again, obviously the writer should have been there, but what can you do? I mean, I, I will say that I agree. I think that some of those things can be seen as stereotypical, but I also think that sometimes, uh, and I don't know this person who wrote this article. I've only seen some of the articles. I don't know the race of or, or ethnicity of some of the people who were at the event. I'm assuming not a lot of them were Black because obviously the article says that they weren't. Um, so mm-hmm. I will not make assumptions on this, but I think that sometimes, and I'm probably going to get some shit for saying this, so sorry, but I think that sometimes white people are upset for black people when black people aren't upset. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. it does happen. I, it I does. Am, I'm a little iffy on the hip hoppy thing, but I like, I personally liked her portrayal. Like, is that a fucking dragon is an iconic line. And yeah. I think that, that, you know, Ella Belinska knows what she's doing. Uh, I think she's aware, like Brandon said, I think she's aware of the character. Um, I, you know, yeah, her character is someone who probably did fall through the cracks in New York. Uh, does that have to do with the fact that she's Black? Or does that have to do with the fact that she's in New York? You know, like, I don't think it always has... Not, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say sometimes I think that people are mad for Black people and they don't need to be. And I think that this is a case of that. To be honest, though, we're all writers as well, and we know that you have to come up with content, and what better content to come up with than something that makes people feel like, whether it's angry or up in arms or whatever, I think that's the best kind of content that you can come up with, so using, like, these little things, like, you're just trying to capitalize on people's emotions, and I think that it, you know, for an article, we talked about it, you know, I think from a writing standpoint, to use material like this is, I mean, you're getting people's attention. So I think it's working, obviously. Very fair point. And uh, I think that's a great place to end. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for another week. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Don't take my comments out of context because sometimes I'll be fucking with Black people and I don't like it. Uh, and <laughs> because I know someone will. And with that, good night, everybody. Have a wonderful evening. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Happy holidays. <laughs>